Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's Monday, August 1st, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, we're less than 48 hours away from the trade deadline. Actually, we're almost 24 hours away from the trade deadline uh, here in Major League Baseball. And uh, the Guardians are coming home off of a, a big 11-game road trip where they went 6-5. and five, uh, Took two out of three against Tampa Bay over the weekend. And uh, they, they open up a home series against Arizona today, Monday evening. Uh, it, it's, it seems like, and they're only, what, a game out of first place in the American League Central. Uh, this is not where a lot of people expected the Guardians to be at the trade deadline at this point in the season with this young of a roster. Uh, does this complicate things for the front office, I guess, uh, over the next uh, 24 to 48 hours? Yeah, I think it does, Joe. You know, they're kind of have to walk that thin line between, you know, sticking to their plan, like we've talked about so many times, you know, of developing these young players and still being competitive and trying to win and get to the get to October. Uh, you know, every spring training, Chris Antonetti says the goal this year is to win the World Series. So, uh, you know, they, and this is a chance, there's a chance that I'm not talking world series yet, but, but they are obviously in, in competition for the postseason in the wild card and in the, in the AL uh, central where they're, like you said, they're one game out right now. It's the best race in baseball. Yeah. It's, uh, it is the most interesting race in baseball, even though the, you know, some of these teams aren't maybe the most compelling. Uh, like you said, the, the National League East, I believe, the the Mets have a three game lead there, uh, and you know a lot of people have have their eyes and their attention on what's going on uh, in terms of trade prospects with Juan Soto in that in that division. But as far as uh, you know, teams that get after it and get after each other, this is a three team race between the White Sox, Twins, and uh, Guardians right now. That that could go over the next two months and and be a lot of a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, you know uh, what the the Guardians are one back, the White Sox are two back, and the Twins uh, just lost uh, you know two out of three to San Diego on the West Coast. They just put uh, Kepler on the uh, Max Kepler on the on the IL and and Miguel Sano on the IL, so they're running into uh, some uh, you know some bumps and bruises there. 
Yeah, that's one thing, I guess, uh, that you can look at this Guardian season to this point and say, you know, knock on wood, uh, for the most part, it has been relatively uh, free from major injuries, you know, with the exception of Aaron Savali in the uh, the starting rotation. And, uh, you know, you lost Fran Mel Reyes for a, 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 an amount of time. But for the most part, this has been a pretty healthy ball club. And, and uh, you know, they're just they're just young enough to not know, I guess, uh, what this you know, the, these next two months are going to be like. Yeah, you know, and you can, you, you've got to love the way they play, especially, you know, a game like Sunday where, you know, they had to be, you know, a long, long the longest of long shots against, you know, uh, McClanahan, uh, you know, a Cy Young contender, the American League starter in the All-Star game. And they come right out and uh, score three runs in, in the uh, in the second inning. And, uh, you know, and, and Quan, you know, who has, what, a 14-game hitting streak, he, you know, he opens the game with a bunch single past McClanahan. It doesn't score. You know, they don't score that inning, but it sets the tone for the game. Right. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Kwan's 14 game hitting streak now with that bunch single. Uh, I guess uh, the uh, he matches Greg Allen, I think, in 2017 with a 14 game hitting streak. Uh, and it's the longest since 2010, I believe, for a Cleveland rookie. Uh, I'm sorry, he matches Greg Allen for a Cleveland rookie, and he it's the longest since 2010 uh, for a Cleveland rookie since Michael Brantley had 15. So he's got a chance tonight to, to match Michael Brantley in, in terms of, uh, you know, recent long hitting streaks for Cleveland rookies. Yeah, he just, you know, he's really found his niche in that leadoff spot, hit over 360 on the trip. I think he had ended July with 38 hits, the most since uh, – you know, the, I think uh, the most uh, since Coco Crisp had 40 back in, I don't know if that was 2002, around just back, way back. But uh, just, uh, you know, he's he's really setting the table for this for this offense. And, uh, you know, it's a kind of a grinding out offense. And he's kind of that that same kind of player. And then, then he makes a great throw, you know, to get cut down a run uh, against Tampa Bay when they threatened to get back in the game. You know what he's got? I think he's got eight assists, and uh, uh, they lead the American League in t- with twenty-eight outfield assists. So it's interesting. They're they're really playing well right now. Yeah, let's talk about that. Uh, that uh, Cleveland outfield defense. Uh, the it, it's surprising that the reputation uh, hasn't gotten around uh, at least a little bit, uh, and these guys continue to keep running against Stephen Kwan in left field. Uh, he not only made that throw; he's made some other throws. He made a, a throw on a double that was. Uh, you know, made the play close at second base or earlier in the game. Quan, uh, uh, you know, I guess just because of the size and the stature, I think people maybe underestimate him, but uh, he's he certainly is is able to get to balls. We know that Miles Straw uh, gets to gets to balls on the ground and in the air uh, pretty quickly, and uh, has a real quick release. And and we've seen whoever they rotate into that spot in right field, whether it's Nolan Jones or Oscar Gonzalez, uh, when he's healthy, uh, that that they've been able to come up with some surprisingly good defensive plays as well. Yeah, it's you know, I guess you know when you lead the league in uh, in an outfield assist, it's kind of a two edged sword, you know, because everybody th- feels they can run on you, so that's why you're you know accumulating all the assists, but you know eventually these guys are going to put on the brakes and, and they're going to stop challenging him. And, you know, Tampa Bay has had 
just a terrible time on the bases. What are they dead? I think they've had 49 guys, 49 outs made on the bases this year. And that doesn't count caught stealings or pickoffs. Right. Uh, they, I think they do lead the league and guys getting thrown out at home as well, which is, you know, a, a, an important place not to get thrown out. Uh, it definitely changes the game. Uh, w- w- just recapping really quickly the, uh, the weekend series in Tampa Bay. Uh, Friday night, we got, uh, you know, a, a pretty much classic Shane Bieber outing. Uh, and uh, Jose Ramirez carried the load offensively with a big home run. Uh, Tuesday, they ran into, uh, you know, a couple of familiar faces that had a big, uh, big game in Yandy Diaz and Corey Kluber. And then, like you said, on Sunday, uh, it, it was uh, a, a bit of a, a you know comeback situation, and they they got a big two out two out two run uh, single from Austin Hedges. Uh, just a lot of contributions from uh, different spots in the um, lineup and and throughout the rotation. Brian Shaw coming through uh, again as a as an opener for Kirk McCarty. McCarty didn't go as as deep as as he had before, but. Uh, you know, still a, a all around good win on Sunday uh, to sort of cap off the road trip and and send these guys home uh, at six and five. Uh, you know, there were a couple of games, a couple of wins out there that they sort of lost or, or you know, didn't, uh, you know, didn't didn't finish off. But, you know, they, they could have very easily been eight and three on this road trip. But uh, I think they'll take six and five and, and heading home for an, uh, a, a big homestand. Yeah, definitely, Joe. Uh, <clears throat> you know, they had chances to win the four-game series against the White Sox, the four-game series against Boston. They settled for splits, and then they come into Tampa Bay where they haven't played well since, you know, 2018, and they take two out of three. So, you know, all in all, it was a good trip, six and five. You know, uh, they come back. They started the trip two games out. They come back one game out. So that was, it was like, almost like these 11 games didn't count, but you know, they were treading water, but, but now they're back home uh, where they're 25 and 19 facing Arizona, a club that's, you know, you know, from the, what the NL West, it's, you know, struggled a little bit, but, you know, still pretty good team. So, uh, you know, we'll see how they do before Houston hits town for, for, you know, the first place the Astros hit town status of Josh Naylor and his foot uh Naylor missed the last couple of games of the Tampa series uh after you know uh, it just looks like every time you see this guy try to get it in gear and running throughout the season you sort of hold your breath and 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 hope for the best with him uh you want him to be healthy and you know make it through the season obviously coming off the devastating ankle injury last year uh, for a lot of people were surprised he was even back and ready as early as he was, you know, maybe he was at 85% at the start of the season when he first came back. Uh, 85% of Josh Naylor has been really good this year. Uh, but you know, it, it's, it, you, you want to see what he could do when he's fully healthy and has had a full off season to just sort of, you know, train his body and, and get himself back to hundred percent healthy. Uh, do they have to be cautious with him the rest of the way out? Oh, I think so, Joe. I think they've tried to be as cautious as they can. They can't. They have. You know, they've tried to be that. You know, tried to follow that. That those rules. But uh, you know, when he got scratched from Saturday's game, and and Frank Kona said after the game, 
his right ankle was numb and he had trouble walking. I mean, that's, that's not good, you know, and uh, you know, so he's going to get checked out today in, in Cleveland. Uh, and I think, you know, if he has to go on the injured list, even for what, 10 days, it's a big, big injury. And uh, you really have to uh, think, you know, what do you do at first base? I mean, we'll, we'll see exactly where uh, the front office feels this, you know, this team is if if they have to put if they lose a nailer for any significant amount of time and what do they make a deal at the deadline for a first baseman do they go out and get a, another hitter or do they kind of fill from from within i mean maybe a josh bell or something like that is 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 available and you can try and pry him away for if the if the price is right uh even just as a rental situation if you think that this team can you know compete that way uh that might be a name to keep an eye on uh, yeah, it, you don't want to damage your long-term, uh, you know, hopes and pro prospects with Josh Naylor. Uh, just given what he's been able to do with the plate in clutch situations this year, I think that's something that you can really, you know, sort of hang hang on to and and project into you know next season. He he could be a first baseman for you. He can be your your solution there if he's healthy and if he's if he's stronger as, uh, at this point next year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, you like I like the way he moves around the bag. It's kind of agonizing to watch him sometimes, but he's great at scooping balls out of the dirt. You know, he's he's nimble, uh, but I think you know he's got to probably get in better shape. You know, there's I mean, when you have a broken ankle and you you can't do much, you know, cardio or anything else during the winter, I don't. You know, that's not going to help your conditioning. But he certainly is, you know, a high energy guy. And uh, I think that kind of kind of works against them sometimes, you know, we, what we've seen, what through the first 100, 102 games here, you know, he, he, he still runs as hard as he can, you know, but, you know, in talking to him, you know, he, he has taken precautions when it comes to sliding and and things like that. But once he gets going, he just has a hard time stopping. And, you know, I hit a double in Tampa Bay, I think the other or I, there was a double on this road trip where. It was in Boston where he, you know, he was steaming into second base and, you know, he kind of ran into Bogarts. Bogarts held him up so he wouldn't fall over, you know. So you you really, he really has to, you know, be uh, be cautious, you know, you, and, and, and he always plays like he's, you know, his hair's on fire. So, uh, you know, it, it's tough to, it's tough to do that, I think. Yeah, I think remembering back to the 2020 playoffs and the way, he ran the bases and and the the reckless abandon that he sort of ran the bases with. Uh, we had written stories about it at that time, and it was, you know, just it it tough to to watch and 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 not see him be able to do that, knowing he wants to play the game a certain way, uh, and he just can't at at this point. But you know, look, it, it does give you a lot of excitement for the future if he's able to get back to to that point. Joe, what you know? Do you think they would bring Bobby Bradley back or or? Will Benson? I mean, if if they have a problem at first base, I I don't see Will Benson as being the solution. He hasn't played very many games there uh, at the AAA level. I know that they're sort of trying to get him uh, ready to do it if he has to, but uh, he's he certainly hit the ball well uh, this year in the minors. Uh, he's one of those guys where you know they sort of need to to make a decision on what they're going to do with him. Uh, uh, you know, high draft, what first round draft pick in 2016, and he's the, you know, one of the names, one of the only names from that 2016 draft that hasn't made an impact at the major league level. So, uh, we'll see there. But 
and you know Bobby Bradley's a a, a possibility, but uh, I don't know. I haven't really seen what he's done. He's not doing this much. Year. Yeah, I mean, it's, and he's uh, off the roster too. They'd have to add him to the forty man because they what they they uh, yeah. uh, outrighted him. They DFA'd and then outrighted him back to uh, Columbus. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see in the next twenty four hours if if first base becomes the focus rather than catcher uh, for for this point in the season, like you said. Uh, we talked about it. It's a slow, slow trickle right now with this trade deadline there. There really haven't been uh, too many major moves uh, made. I think over the next 24 hours, we will see uh, some movement. Uh, and, and you know, once that Juan Soto situation gets cleared up, I think maybe that'll open the floodgates for some more deals to get announced because teams that were in on Soto will be shifting their focus and looking elsewhere uh, and, and trying to improve. But but right now, the the blockbusters really just haven't been hit, rolling out yet. Yeah, I think, you know, everybody's waiting. The deadline's, what, 6 p.m. Tuesday. Uh, you know, I was surprised over the weekend that more there wasn't more action. What, you know, the Reds made a couple moves. Uh, you know, Tyler Naquin uh, going to the Mets. Uh, Castillo going to, uh, to Seattle. That's going to help, obviously, help the Mariners. But uh, you know, it, it you know it's it's kind of boiling. It's a boiling pot right now. Yeah, as of as of uh, our recording this podcast, there hasn't been uh, you know the biggest news of the day is probably the Deshaun Watson suspension, but that has nothing to do with any of us. Uh, the the Major League Baseball trade deadline will become the focus here over the next few hours and uh, throughout. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna make going to the ballpark interesting tonight because. You know, we've got a, a late call for, for media as well. We don't talk to Tito until 5 p.m. before a 7 p.m. game. So, you know, they're able to make some moves and, and you know, keep things sort of closed and in-house uh, until they talk to us at 5 o'clock. Yeah, I think, you know, from what I've heard, uh, you know, that they are shopping or they are, ta- I shouldn't say shopping, but they are, they have taken calls on, you know, their pitching stat, their starting pitching, Bieber, Plesak, Quantrill, Savali. You know, I, I, geez, I just think it would take a heck of a, a, a trade to, you know, pry any one of those arms loose from from Cleveland. The only uh, arm that they're not talking about in trades right now is is uh, Tristan McKenzie. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. You know, because I mean, he is he looks like uh, you know the the future ace of this of this uh, rotation. And and it, Joe, I, what do you think? Do you th- I you know I would not be you know I would like to see them make a move and, and maybe add a kind of a veteran arm to that rotation because they're kind of, they're so banged up and we don't know about Savali. Well, well, you don't, you don't like seeing Brian Shaw start every fifth day and, and, uh, you know, for, I'm sorry, but for, for comedic value and for, you know, just the, the access to, to Brian Shaw on, on the post-game interviews, I, I think it's, uh, uh, you know, really neat to see that, but yeah, I don't think it's sustainable. Do I, do I think that they're going to go and, trade away a prospect for a, a veteran starter probably not and it's not going to be anybody who could really make a big impact if they did you know uh, if there's an arm out there that could make a difference in a in a playoff chase uh a new york or a chicago or, a, or an la are, are gonna snap them up first yeah and, and this is where you know not having two deadlines kind of i think that hurts you know you could always get past the july 31st or the august 1st deadline and then you had all always had august 30th to uh, really kind of zone in on somebody that, you know, you may, you know, figure out you, you, ha- you have another need and you could get another guy, but 
you know, that's, that's gone. So they got to do every, they got to do all their shopping before Tuesday. I never liked that second deadline. You know, I, I thought the when Verlander went to Houston back in what, 2017, I thought that was so shady. That felt so, yeah. that just felt so yucky when that happened. And I, I just, ugh, I, to me, that, that whole deal, uh, really soured me on the the second trade deadline uh, possibilities, and plus when when Cleveland picked up Josh Donaldson and he did absolutely nothing, I was like, you know, this is this system needs to get changed. So I was kind of I kind of welcomed the uh, the elimination of that second trade deadline, but uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. It, it does it does sort of narrow your your focus and and sort of make it more urgent that you get the players that you want now as opposed to waiting another month so uh yeah this uh this trade deadline is going to unfold like a it's gonna be like a roller coaster it's been a slow ride to the top and now uh you know once we once we reach the peak of that first hill it's gonna be interesting uh before six o'clock tomorrow and the one guy that that's really come out of this thing uh you know, with kind of a new lease on a career is, is Kirk McCarty. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if they keep running a bullpen game out there every five days, you know, this guy's two and oh, so far he's, he's pitched in two of them. He's beat Boston. He's beat, you know, uh, uh, Tampa Bay. That's not a bad start. So maybe him and Shaw, you know, it's like a, you know, a dance team, you know, they're, they're just going to combine and, and keep going. But, and we saw what in 2016, what t- you know when when uh, Salazar and and Carrasco you know were hurt. I mean mm-hmm. they did a bullpen game every two days. It seemed like all the way into the playoffs, and it seemed <laughs> yeah. to work for them. So uh, that would be interesting. Yes, uh, chances that the Guardians deal uh, a, a position player uh, such as Ahmed Rosario or Framil Reyes before six p.m. tomorrow. You know, I think uh, you know, I think you know Reyes obviously, you know. <laughs> From, from a Cleveland standpoint, that would make the most sense. Uh, you know, he opens a spot for either Nolan Jones or Oscar Gonzalez, but I, I just don't see the market there. I, Joe, I watch him and his swing keeps getting worse to me. His whole backside collapses, you know, when he, when he swings. It, it, for a while, it looked like he was making contact, but now it, it looks like the old Fran Mill. I, he's really stuck. He's really in a funk. And, you know, Rosario – you know, obviously, uh, I think he's he, right now. I think he's more important to Cleveland than he would be to another team. Yeah, because he's comfortable, because he's, you know, confident in where he is. I think moving him would be a mistake. Uh, but between Framil Reyes and Zach Plesac, these are two guys who I think could benefit from a change of scenery and be the kind of players that they know they can be in another location. Uh, you know, I don't necessarily want to see that happen and have them come back and, and hurt Cleveland in the future, but uh, maybe it's uh, maybe it's time to to move on from, from either one of those guys because police act just has had absolutely no luck in oh my uh, it happened. It happened again on Saturday because that was, that was kind of rough to watch. Uh, he, he pitches his tail off and, and has nothing to show for it over what his last 18, 19 uh, starts, he's uh, 11 over his last 11 starts. He's got one run of uh, support yeah, over the last, what, eight, 19 starts. Uh, they've had 11 game, 11 starts of uh, one or one or zero, one or fewer runs support. I mean, he got some runs, you know, Saturday, but it's the result was the same. He went 0 and 2 on this, on this uh, last trip. 
for Zach Plesak, it's got to be tough uh, every time your your spot in the rotation comes up. You know, just wondering, are they going to score for me uh, in, in in this game today, and, and is how are things going to go? So, uh, tough way to pitch if you're a starting pitcher. Uh, all right, big big uh, homestand uh, opens tonight, Arizona. Uh, like you said, uh, not necessarily the the doormat of the AL West that they uh, pretend to be here uh, as as they come in uh, a pretty pretty decent squad that can can score some runs, but the Guardians should uh, you know should be looking at this as a as a winnable series, uh, all in preparation for uh, Houston over the weekend a four game tilt, and we know what the uh, the Astros can do on the mound. Definitely, uh, it would be good to see Tori Lavulo. <clears throat> the uh, Arizona manager who spent, you know, was it played for uh, Cleveland and and managing their system for years. Yeah, that would be great too. All right, Hoinsey, we'll uh, we'll catch up with you tomorrow. Uh, just hours before the the trade deadline hits here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast, and we'll check in with you then. All right, Joe.